are listening to Mary Conley, The Cause Coach, giving rise to action, creating fitness of mind and body, making the world better through running. Welcome. I am Mary Connolly. This is episode five, and we are in February. Yay! Um, before I introduce today's guest, I want to offer a big thank you to Dave Kappas. Um, those in Chicago will know him, recognize his voice as the voice of Chicago running. Um, and I want to thank him for doing that wonderful voiceover for my new podcast introduction. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Um, also, a shout out to my uh, sound engineer, my husband, Kurt Flegel, for putting it all together. Um, Dave and Kurt, I can't thank you enough uh, for raising the professionalism of this podcast. Um, so on to episode five. My guest today is Emma Walsh, Development Manager for Chicago Commons. Welcome, Emma. Thank you so much. Excited to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. Um, I know, you know, when, when we first connected, I guess a couple months ago, I had never heard of Chicago Commons, so I looked you up on your website and read a little bit there, and I see that you have, you know, um, early childhood education as well as adult daycare and I guess some other things in between. So tell me a little bit more about Chicago Commons and what you guys are up to. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely one of my favorite things to talk about. <laughs> um, so Commons was founded um, in 1894, so we are celebrating wow. 100 and 28 years this coming May 1st is our official our official birthday so congratulations um, yeah it's very exciting I think it's kind of amazing how long you know been around and we're, we're sort of known as Chicago's sort of best kept secret and we'd like to change that kind of get our name sort of out there because we've been around for a while um you know Commons was part of the settlement movement back when you know people were coming to the country and needed some place to stay and so we had these settlement houses starting up in the north sorry part of the city um that you know everybody can kind of live cohesively together and um you know it was funny when the pandemic had started we talked about how we handled the the flu in 1918 and we can handle <laughs> the flu now so our history you know goes pretty far back um and um so we serve about 4,000 um families with um you know children um we have a a parent um uh, program as well called Family Hub, and then we do senior care. So we have four um, early Head Start um, centers um, in Pilsen, um, two in West Humble Park, and then um, one in Back of the Yards. Um, then we do services for those parents of the kids at our schools. So they, you know, we do health and wellness. We do um, recently started mental health services. Um, we do financial aid. We do kind of tailor to things that sort of they need at that moment. Um, we also partner with city colleges to help them go back to school, which is kind of a newer program, which is exciting. Um, and then our senior care program as well. So they do two different types of services in home care service. So we have seniors kind of spread out through the whole south and west parts of Chicago and we have people who go into the home and not necessarily help them with, you know, medical wise, but sort of make sure they take their medication and get them groceries and keep them company. Um, that's definitely our largest uh, program and then we have adult day service too. so our office our um, our administration office, but also our um, 
our senior care office is in Bronzeville, and we have a center on the first floor where we bus in about 60 to 80 seniors um, throughout the year, and we give them exercise and meals and companionship and friendship, um, and we celebrate birthdays and you know, Mother's Day and Christmas with them. So um, that's been such a nice part because my office is on the second floor of that and you can kind of see the seniors come in each day. So, um, you know, we're kind of, we're all over the place and we kind of help, you know, from as as young as, you know, six weeks old all the way to, to seniors. Um, and we also are exploring and developing more of sort of a multi-generation approach where we're serving the whole family. So if there's a family with children and parents and grandparents, we're trying to connect all of our services together to sort of um, help that multi-generation approach and, and um, you know, involve all, all three of our services together. That's uh, what a fabulous program. I mean, um, I mean, it's pretty much cradle to grave almost, right? And and just like the whole nature of the wraparound services. And and I've I have been in the nonprofit sector for twenty five years, and I know how important um, an approach like that is because it's rarely, you know, one little problem that you know, can derail a family, you know, it's usually like a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and mm -hmm. so having those wraparound services are so important, you know, like, let's take care of the kids, you know, let's take care of, you know, maybe grandparents too. Um, you know, I, I have, from my personal experience, lived through that sandwich generation and having a young child and older parents, um, you know, and then there's the whole, you know, getting back to work and, you know, getting a better job and all of those things that are, right. that are going to bring um, people out of, out of poverty or even just, you know, temporary difficult situations. So um, fabulous, fabulous program. And, and um, I love that you're working with some of those, you know, very under-resourced neighborhoods in Chicago. Yeah. So, um, yeah. We fabulous program. Like yeah, we can't help the children unless we kind of help the parents, you know, we can't help the grandparents unless we help, you know, so it all really connects, like you said, there's not just one core sort of issue or one core sort of need that's kind of spread out of the whole thing. And that's kind of how we're connecting all of our programs together. It's been really interesting to see that, especially our family yeah. hub service, like grow so much over the last, you know, year or so. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> wow, right now too, especially, um, certainly mm -hmm. more need and, and we've seen that. Um, that real, you know, disparity in how people have been affected by the, mm -hmm, um, sure. uh, by the pandemic as well. Mm -hmm. um, so in terms of fundraising, I know we're, we're going to, we're going to focus in on, on your, your fundraising team on your marathon fundraising team today for mm -hmm. the sake of this, this podcast. So, um, you know, tell me a little bit about like, are your, uh, your runners raising money for the organization as a whole, or are they zeroing in on a particular program or initiative or? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's not specific to a program, you know, it's sort of general operating money that goes to, you know, all of our programs. Um, and so we, you know, it goes to all 4,000 of our families. And um, we only started with, with the Chicago Marathon in 2019. So this is technically like our third race in 2022 because 2020 was deferred. And we were, I was very grateful that, you know, all of our runners from 2020 deferred to 2021 and then they were able to run. Um, you know, it was such a weird year to like <laughs> move everybody over and they were training and fundraising and then we just moved it over to the to next year. So, you know, we're still pretty new to kind of the program. Um, 
but we had kicked it off 2019 was our 125th anniversary of Chicago Commons. So that was a big anniversary year for us. Um, and so they were kind of part of that celebration, which was really cool. So um, yeah, I, I kind of, you know, as I sort of recruit our runners and bring them in, you know, I talk about the importance of the mission, you know, and I, I sort of include them as part of the Chicago Commons family. You know, you've signed up, you've signed the paperwork, we've talked over the phone, you're part of our family now. And I think that's, you know, that helps them connect because our, our mission is broad. We have lots of different programs. It can be a little bit confusing sometimes to sort of peer-to-peer -peer fundraise if you don't have a lot of experience in that. And so I help them sort of feel really connected to it first. Um, and they can kind of talk about it in their own way instead of just sort of talking like, you know, copying and pasting our information. Um, and yeah, and I also kind of let them know, like, you know, you have a whole, we have a whole development team at your disposal. If you, you know, you need help or tricks and tips on how to connect with that mission. Um, Cause it is, you know, lots of different services that we do. Yeah, that's so important. If you, if you listen to last week's podcast, uh, you know, I talk about my, my eight steps or at least the first three of my eight steps to fundraising success. And one of the things I talk about is the importance of really understanding what you're raising money for. Um, you know, a lot of people will, uh, you know, be looking just to try to get get a, a foot into the marathon um, and, and, you know, picking a charity. And even if they, they do it like that, and it's not, you know, a cause that they were previously connected with, I say, get over there, it, you know, look, you know, see the program in action, talk to volunteers, talk to the staff, really understand what's going on there. And then being able to develop, you know, your own story. And, and, you know, because I think a lot of charity teams are really built by people who, um, you know, adopted their pet from the organization or mm -hmm. had a family member or, or friend or maybe even themselves. So they're like a, you know, a grateful patient or grateful recipient of the organization's services. And I think a lot of times when you're um, an organization like Chicago Commons is, um, you know, health and human services and maybe not the people that run for you, I would think are generally probably not the same people that are your clients. Right. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. We haven't had anybody who is a family um, who that we serve who is run yet. I mean, that'd be amazing to sort of, I think that's something we could definitely build up to um, and offer it up. I know that we've had families who have uh, volunteered on marathon day at the booth, um, either in their own neighborhood in Pilsen when you kind of go down, um, you know, and look back into the race. Um, and they've also come to the booth that we have, you know, in the charity block party as well. Um, this year, we do have two staff members and a board member running for us, which is awesome because they were immediately like, I want to join. I'm excited, you know, and that's Excellent. so great because like they, you know, they live and breathe the mission, you know, every single day. And so, you know, we, we had a kickoff meeting last week virtually. And I was like, you know, they can even tell you even deeper into the mission than I could because they, you know, they live and breathe it and they're in the programs and they're in our centers every day. So um, yeah, I would love to have a family kind of run for us one day. That'd be amazing. Or even, a, you know, somebody who went through our early education centers, um, you know, has moved on and grown up and um, they kind of come back and run. That'd be, that'd be a great goal to kind of have later on. Um, but yeah, it's like, you want to join the the organization that kind of grabs you and you feel like you can talk about it really easily instead of, you know, struggling to kind of tell the story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now um, I understand that the, the guaranteed uh, marathon entry spots that you had are now sold out. Right. Mm -hmm. 
wonderful place to be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there's still opportunity to join your team. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So this was really nice this year um, that we were able to welcome runners post lottery. So before in the last two years, we had to get all of our runners before the lottery was over. And that's hard because people aren't necessarily thinking about joining. And a lot of people come to charities if they don't make it into the lottery. Um, so there's a lot of work. So this year it was so much nicer to have people kind of find us instead of you know, we got the word out for sure, but it was, it was a lot easier. Um, so yeah, we fill all of our 10 spots. And like I said, we're still really new. So our team is small, but small and mighty. And, um, I like that small feel right now. Yeah. Um, and you know, prior to recruiting all of these runners, I reached out to a couple other charity coordinators. I reached out to pause and I reached out to mercy home, um, just to get some advice. You know, they have really big teams. They've been in the program for many, many years. Um, but I seek their advice to see, you know, what, made your team successful and how did you get to where you are right now? I would love to sort of build this program as much as I can. You know, it's just me kind of running the program at the moment. Um, and so I would love to kind of build it up and, and see what kind of potential we have. So, but yes, we are accepting runners with their own entry, which would be credible if you'd like to join us. Um, and I know that kind of the advice that I received was that, you know, for our program to grow and our program to kind of move up in the ranks and be able to recruit longer with more runners is to sort of bring in those people who have their own entry. Um, you know, they decide later on, I think I would like to do something more meaningful with this, you know, extended amount of training that I do all summer long. Um, and yeah, so I would love to sort of bring on some more people and, and join the mission and look at the same benefits as the, the runners who who have, um, who got an entry from us. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, that would be, that'd be great if we can kind of build our program around that way. You know, I've, I've run a number of, of marathons for charity. I've been kind of a serial charity runner. And the interesting thing is the, the races where I already had my bib and I went out and sought an organization to make my miles more meaningful, uh, are are the are the the years that I did like phenomenally well, you know, and it and it and, and like we were saying, you know, having that connection with the organization is so important, and I think that when you choose the organization and and choose it early, you know, you're gonna you're gonna have um you're you're gonna have more skin in the game, um, and you're gonna you're gonna do better. I've I've done a, a few races where you know I wanted to sort of kind of fundraise my way into the race. And, and those are the years that I probably struggled a little bit more in fundraising because, you know, um, and not necessarily because my values weren't aligned with the particular organization. I just sort of approached it from a different head. So I think, uh, you know, I don't know, but it would be interesting to see how many charity runners that, you know, uh, get the bibs before the lottery or, or have their bibs and join the team after, you know, what the difference is in the fundraising percent. It's just something that, something to think about. Um, yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah. I think it's interesting. People join it for different reasons. They might join the charity with their own entry because they're really passionate about the mission. I think, I think anybody who joins a charity is passionate about the mission, but I do think, right. You're, you're kind of like, I need to get into the race and then I'm going to connect or I'm already in the race, then I'm going to connect with the mission. So I think, yeah, I think it's definitely sort of, it's interesting to see what people's fundraising efforts or, or their mindset is kind of going into that. Um, we hope that by the end, everybody's very passionate about the mission and they join us for many years later on. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, so now I think probably in recruiting members for your team, perks are really important beyond the guaranteed entry since that, that opportunity has passed. So what are some of the other perks that you offer your team and what is the, um, the minimum that you require uh, from runners who have their own bibs in terms of fundraising? Yeah. So who have their own, um, our requirement, we've got 700, um, for the year. Um, we obviously encourage them to do more. Um, um, but yeah, so kind of our perks, you know, we, we paid for our entry for our members who needed an entry. That was part of one of the perks. Um, you know, I supply, I just sent them this today, actually a full sort of fundraising guide or a packet with lots of tips and tricks, tips from not only you know, myself, but also, um, also our CDO as well. Some tips from my, you know, fundraising team, um, and just some sort of fun stuff, you know, and I sort of tailored it to like, if they're still working, um, uh, virtually, so you can do sort of stuff with your, with your, um, with your company, you know, a jeans day if you're in the office or um, a little jar of candy if somebody can guess, you know, donate to guests and they can win the whole thing. So just some sort of fun things to kind of keep you thinking about fundraising. Um, that's kind of part of that. Um, we do a running singlet as well with our team uh, Chicago Commons logo on it. Um, we also have an opportunity to, for runners to receive t-shirts for their volunteers. So, or not their volunteers, oh, nice. their family or their friends that are kind of hanging out, watching them. Um, they'll have a team commons t-shirt as well. It's nice. That's a great, that's a great idea. Yeah. 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 So they'll have the singlet to run in and then they'll also have a t-shirt for them to kind of give to their family and friends. And, um, we sell that to create their own little cheer well. squad. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's fun. You know, you feel kind of all together and, you know, we obviously have the, the booth at, um, the charity block party and it's fun to have everybody kind of in the same t-shirt cheering them on. We have some baseball caps from a previous event that say Chicago Commons on it too. So it's fun. It's a little like cheerleading squad and, and we, you know, we love it. Um, you'll get a little swag bag from us, which will have some other, you know, like I said, a hat and a lanyard and, um, you know, we're all about the, the merch here, which is just <laughs> fun to kind of have and, and keep our logo out there. Um, we do a pre um, race event too, whether that's, you know, and it's nice because we have a small team, we can kind of do, you know, in the past, we've done kind of a nice Italian dinner, um, sort of like a local place. Um, people can kind of come and, and talk and, you know, meet each other and have some really good food, but we do it a few days before the race. People can kind of get their pre-race, um, you know, agenda ready to go. Um, and then we offer um, training as well. We're doing training through Kara this year. Um, this is our first year partnering um, with them. It's very exciting. So virtual or in person. Um, and I'm very excited about that to sort of be have, you know, we have a lot of more local runners this year. Last year, we had some runners who are outside of Chicago. Most of our runners this year are in Chicago, so we can do some more things in person. Um, we also try to host some fundraising events for our runners in the fall. So um, we did an event with Happy Camper, the pizza place in Old Town last year. They do a bingo um, event every Sunday, I believe all year long. And the, the money that they raise goes to different charities. So it okay. was a super fun event um, last year. So whatever money we raise, I kind of distribute it out to each runner's profile. And, and so it just kind of gives them a little bit of a boost. Um, yeah. Oh, that's race. fabulous. Yeah. That's um, yeah. Spread it, spreading the wealth there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So now um, you were a member of your runner as well. And, and you joined uh, the uh, team Chicago commons for the 2019 marathon. Now, was that your first marathon? 
It was. Yeah. I had not run. I think I've done like, a, I did a couple like small indoor triathlons in college. And I think the longest run before that was like a 10 K. And then I was like, you know, might as well just jump right in and, <laughs> and, and do the marathon. And, yeah. In 2019. So, so, so wow. tell me, tell me about, I, I mean, I love hearing first marathon stories, you know, just in general. Um, but also, uh, especially when, when people are, are, um, you know, raising money for charity. And, and I remember it's going back almost 25 years now. I ran my first New York city marathon in, in, uh, uh, 1997. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> and I raised my first $5,000 for charity. And that was, um, both of those were game changers that, um, in so many ways. So tell me, tell me your story. Yeah, I, it was such a fun experience. I mean, I felt like I, I signed up. We only had five people on the team that year. We needed one more. And I'm like, oh, just just do it. Like I was I, people had been asking me like, oh, are you going to run it? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't know. Like, you know, I've never run, you know, that much before. I had, you know, I haven't been running recently like around the time I signed up. So but I kind of did it and it was helpful to be a runner and a coordinator the same year. It was a lot of work but it was nice to be able to see it from um, the runner's perspective because um, you kind of have both, you know, sort of tailored it around all of us together, which was cool. Um, but I loved it. I mean, the training is a lot. Um, it's uh, obviously, and that was a big, that was a big change, but, and I had a few injuries that I, you know, um, was in physical therapy for, for a little bit, but, you know, on race day, I felt, I felt great. Um, I had to stop around. I didn't even stop. I sort of like skipped past a med tent around mile 18 because I had a blister and they kind of wrapped it up for me and they're like okay sit down and I'm like I cannot sit down I need to help this and then you need to go you need to fix so, this while I'm still jogging in place yeah I'm gonna stand <laughs> and I'm gonna put my foot up on this table and I'm not gonna like yeah I'm not gonna stop um but I I felt like it, it was such a fun day um you know, I think the best part, I would run like really close to the crowd because it was just so motivating. You kind of turn a corner. I mean, Chicago's so unique. So it's kind of like everybody in the whole city comes out and like cheers for you. I wrote my name like on my arm and Sharpie and people were like yelling after, which was really cool. So um, very fun day. Um, you know, hope to do another one soon. Um, we'll see. But, but yeah, I think you know, and having the cheer station with my whole family and a bunch of other people I didn't even know were going to come out and watch. Um, it just motivates you and gives you sort of a boost of adrenaline each time you kind of turn a corner and, and see people cheering for you. So it was great. Yeah, Chicago, Chicago is um, is a really great marathon. I've I've run um, a, a lot of uh, different marathons. I've run Chicago. I've run New York. Those are the my my two world majors that I've conquered. Mm -hmm. um, and I love both of them probably equally, but for very different reasons. And the first time I ran Chicago was before I moved out here and you know, it was like a nice little tour through Chicago. And then when I, I ran 2019 as well, same year you did, I think the weather was like perfect. Um, yeah. you know, nice and nice and cool, but not too cold, no yeah. precipitation. It was just absolutely perfect. Um, mm -hmm. but, but to come back and run the marathon in 2019, after I had lived out here for almost a year and a half and, you know, I ran through my neighborhood and I ran through where my office was at that time. And, you know, I, 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 you know, I saw landmarks that I knew and there were so many people out on the course. Um, it's just, it, there's, a, there's definitely a, a, a great energy um, that exists um, in Chicago. Um, 
And what yeah. was nice, what was nice for me, my, uh, my daughter lives in Lakeview East, um, like actually between Sheridan and Broadway. So she was able to come, come out and see me going north on Sheridan and then walk to the other end of her block and saw me coming south on Broadway. So she got to yeah. see me twice. So I think That's Chicago awesome. is actually for spectators is a really great marathon to navigate. Um, yeah. My, uh, my husband did it uh, in 2018. Uh, mm -hmm. And so I was, that was his first marathon at 61. Um, mm -hmm. So I uh, was able to see him, I think like it's six different places on the course. Um, yeah. So I had some, yeah. I had some friends who did just a really great job, like tracking me on the app and like, I would see them like, I was like, how did you get here so fast? Like they would find me so well. And so I, you know, I live kind of near the United center. And so my family was able to kind of jump from where the charity booth was and then kind of the other side by Whitney Young and, and see me again, like almost immediately. So that just kind of carries you through the whole race. Cause there's parts of it, you're, you're feeling tired and then you see people, you know, or people are cheering your name. And I feel like that was really what kept me moving. And I know other uh, members of our team that year said the same thing. They were like, saw parents, saw friends really kind of kept you moving um, as, as it, the race kind of went on. Yeah, and that that um, you know all the 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 cheers squad in through Pilsen is just amazing. The energy there is incredible, and it happens at the exact point on the on the course where you really need it. You know, you're you're yeah. like you know around around mile twenty, and and mm -hmm. then you know, and you're starting to kind of feel it, and then all of a sudden, I remember I got this like second wind of just this energy of the the music and the crowds is just yeah. absolutely absolutely incredible. Um, yeah. so, um, uh, as we, as we begin to wrap up, what, um, what's the best piece of advice that you could offer to, to charity runners? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I think, you know, pick, if you haven't picked, you know, an organization to join, you know, pick one that kind of grabs you. I mean, when I like, you know, several years ago when I was even just applying to, to work for Chicago Commons, I watched their video on their website. Um, and it just kind of grabbed me like immediately. And I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. And I think, you know, take a look at the roster and see which one grabs you immediately, you know, look at people's websites, look at their videos, look at their social media. And because, you know, it's a long, it's a, you know, almost a year of, of training and, and it's a lot of work, especially if it's your first marathon, you know, you want to be able to kind of feel like you're doing something with those hours you're sort of putting in. Um, I also would suggest kind of reaching out to the coordinator and setting up a Zoom call or, or chat or coffee in person if that's possible and just talk to them about how they talk about the mission too, because, you know, you're interviewing them at the same time. And yeah, I think absolutely. it's important to sort of Ch chat, chat with them, get there, you know, them talking about the benefits and, and the perks instead of just kind of reading about it. I think that's important to sort of connect with that charity right away. Um, and I think, you know, that's, that's a really important part. Um, I also think, you know, advice sort of for other coordinators that I've received um, when I was doing research kind of in the beginning of this year was to sort of bring your runners, treat them as donors, because they are, right? They're donors. Oh, sure. Um, and they, they're part of your family, invite them to not only do things with the marathon, but invite them to, if you have a gala, if you have a luncheon, if you have, you know, a regular sort of meetings throughout the year, keep them posted on news and stuff. So they feel kind of connected the whole year, not just the marathon specific stuff. 
um, it's important. I sort of give my runners, hey, we're having um, an event on this day or like this is something really exciting that happened in our early education schools. We'd love for you to kind of know about it um, and, you know, help them uh, learn a little bit more about kind of your impact stories too. I always send my runners impact stories each month of, you know, success stories of our, of our families or kind of events that sort of happen at Commons that they can sort of grab onto and help them push their fundraising forward. Um, yeah, that's that. Those impact stories are are great. That's a, f a fabulous idea. Um, you know, I know in you know working with nonprofits over the years, even you know we would use you know we would have what we would call like a mission moment. At, you know, to start our board meetings, just to remind everybody. You know, because sometimes you know people kind of get down in the weeds of the administrative side of their their job as a board member. So even for board members. Um, you know, it's so important, you know, frequently to bring everybody back to the mission and to remind mm -hmm. them why we're doing this, you know, um, you know, this isn't, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really about the, the mission and the people that we're serving. And that's, that's really what is, is so different when a, um, a runner chooses to run for charity you know they're doing it for for more than themselves for something that's bigger than them and that's why i i think i recommend that you know any runner running a marathon um regardless of the circumstances that got you there you know pick a charity and make it more meaningful yeah. and and as i and as i always say it gives you an opportunity to tell people that you're running a marathon without sounding self-serving. <laughs> so, yes, very true. <laughs> like yeah, I'm, I'm, doing, marathon, I'm doing so I'm this really charity. wonderful yeah. thing for charity. Oh yeah, and I happen to be running 26.2 miles too. Yeah. So right. <laughs> so um, my last question: uh, What is the best fundraising success story that that you can share? Yeah, that's a great question. I think you know our team is so new. There's not you know, I was kind of thinking about this question um, prior, and I think the, the biggest thing is that, um, you know, the first year that we did it in, in 2019 was our 125th anniversary. And I feel like our runners really kind of grabbed on to the fact that they were part of that celebration. Um, and a bunch of them came to our gala held in November, and we took a picture with our medals. And I think that was just really cool. Like they, you know, not necessarily specific to their fundraising, but I think they sort of you know, they were told when they joined um, our team in the beginning of the year that, hey, you're going to be part of this really exciting celebration. And then, you know, after the race, about a month later, we would have this gala and you're invited and we want you to come. We want to honor you and take pictures with you and, and talk about, you know, because you're part of this exciting year. And so I think that's kind of the biggest success story. And I sort of take that um, sort of feeling that they had and sort of each year make sure that runners are sort of aware that you're a part of this you know this exciting year whatever we're celebrating that year you know you're kicking it off and you're a part of that and so um i think that kind of grabbed on grabbed on to to a lot of our runners and i sort of hold that to them um as i sort of kick off this year yeah what what you've said about you know making your team members feel like part of the family really has resonated with me i think that is is so important i think that's one of the advantages that you have too of having a smaller team i think there you know i know some of the marathon charity partners have hundreds of runners and I can't imagine being able to, you know, have that feeling. I think there's sort of like a break point where you can, 
you know, you get, you, you can have a family up to a certain point. Maybe it's, you know, I think I, I read somewhere that you can't have more than 125 relationships with people or it's just like too much for the brain to handle. So maybe that's the number. I don't know. Um, or you have to get more people coordinating the team. You know, I think Ronald right. McDonald House has like 900 spots. Of course, it's yeah. a national charity and they probably have people all over the place. But um, but yeah, there's something really cool about being part of uh, a team that feels like a family. So um, Emma, you are just doing a, a terrific job um, with uh, Team Chicago Commons. Um, thank you so much for, for being on the podcast today. Um, folks in the audience want to, to find you, find your team. Where, where can they, they find you on the web? Yeah, so we have an event page, um, chicagocommons.org, um, right kind of on the front page, we have a link to our, our marathon page. Um, if you, you can do the drop down of events or scroll down a little bit and it's right there as well. Um, my information is all right there. Um, and then there's a Google form to fill out. If you have your own entry into the marathon, you would like to join our team, um, there's a Google form to fill out, just gives you a little bit, um, gives me a little bit of information about you. There's also a, a question on there about like, tell me your story, tell me why you're here. And so I love that to, to sort of learn immediately about you know, why, why they chose to kind of join our team. So um, yeah, as you can find us there and we're all, we're all over social media too, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. So look cool. I'll team. include all of that in the show notes. Um, one quick last question. What's the fundraising minimum that you're looking for, for uh, people who have their own bib now? Uh, 700 is it 700. right now? Yeah. All right. Well, Emma, it's been uh, terrific having you on here. Um, I, Thank you. I, I look forward to, uh, to seeing, you know, how your, how your team grows and, um, I hope to be out there, uh, cheering you on, on October 9th. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate All it. All right. Thanks so much.